Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to New Hope Community Church. My name is Justin Domino. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and today I want to share with you a funny little story that happened to me when I was studying abroad in Italy back in 2014. Now, we were so excited to get over to, to Italy and to get into Europe and experience all the culture, all the differences, right? But in a lot of ways, if you've ever been to Europe, Europe is so very similar to America in a lot of ways, right? There's a lot of differences, but you go over there and it's, everything's clean. Everything's nice. The people are, are very normal, very nice. You know, I've been to rural Mexico before. I've been to Israel. I've been to Jordan and Malta and all these places. It's like, as soon as you step off the airplane, it's like, wow, I am in a different country. And not in a bad way. It's just like, this is very, very different <laughs> than America. But in Europe, we found out those little cultural differences that made us stand out. And everybody knew like, oh, these guys are definitely Americans. They're definitely not from here. So we're eating at a restaurant one day in Venice and all of my friends, we have like eight of us at the table, we're all being loud and noisy, you know, talking about what the next three months are going to look like, getting all excited, you know, we want to go here, we want to go here. We're laughing, we're having a good time. And this guy at the table next to us looks like a dad with his family there. He keeps looking over his shoulder, like, keeps looking at us, like, giving us these weird looks. And we're like, this guy have a problem with us or what? But he keeps giving us this look of, like, are you guys not from here? Like, what is it? And we're like, what in the world is going on? So we get back to our dorm, and we talk to one of the guys who lives there. He's one of our professors. And he's like, oh, we're, what, are you guys being loud? And we're like, probably, right? We're always loud. What are you talking about? And he's like, well, when you're in public, especially, like, in Europe, especially in Italy, it's kind of an unwritten rule that, you know, you got to be quiet, you got to be subtle, you don't want to interrupt everybody else's dinner, you don't want to be like the loud, boisterous people at the restaurant, and we're like, oh, like, like in America, you see people walking around like table to table, you know, they got their drinks in their hands, they're laughing, they're having fun, but over where we were, it was like, no, you stay at your table, you be very quiet, and it's like, no wonder why we stuck out, no wonder why people were looking at us in the restaurant like we were hooligans, like we were crazy, so there's these little subtle cultural differences that we did not understand, but that we learned very quickly. Now, when I travel, when I go to places like, like Europe or like Mexico, my goal is that I fit in. Now, obviously, when I go to like Mexico or Israel or Jordan, as a blonde hair, blue-eyed, very, very pale person, <laughs> I stick out like a sore thumb. But I want to, I want to integrate myself. I want to know what the culture is like. I, I don't want to stick out as like a tacky tourist. That's, that's not my goal. But what I want us to do with, with this series that we're in right now is have this same mindset. Like when I go to a foreign place, I, wanna, I don't want to stick out. I, I want to ingrate myself into the culture. I want to understand their way of life. I want to understand how they live and what their experience is. And this is what I want us to understand when it comes to racism and the gospel. As we talk about race over the last few weeks we've been talking about this topic, it's very, very heavy. And it's a difficult topic to talk about. And the reason why I think that it's so important to talk about is, here's, here's the biggest thing about our specific situation. We live in a county, Isani County, is 96% white people. And disclaimer, there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with, with being white. We can't automatically just you know, turn around tomorrow and there's more diversity in our county. It's, it's just kind of the way it is. It's always the way that it's been. But what I want to encourage us to do is have some humility. Because we do live in a county that is 96% white. Maybe we don't have all the answers. Maybe the people of color inside our community and outside our community have a different experience than you do, that I do. 
There's a different way that they have experienced treatment by other people or experienced, you know, whatever it is, but they have a different life than we do. And so I really want us to, to jump into this topic today and approach this, the subject of race, not with anger and he said, she said, or, you know, left versus right, but with humility and say, you know what, Jesus, maybe there's something I don't know. You know what, Jesus, if there's something in my heart today, I want you to take care of it. I want you to transform me. I want to look less like myself, less like who I was in the past, and I want to look more like you, Jesus. Here, here's what I've experienced. I never thought racism was an issue. I grew up in a very white community, a very white school, and a very white church. And that's just how it was, right? There's nothing wrong with that. And yet when I started dating my, who's my wife now, Maddie, she was born and adopted from southern India, and my daughter. So she is, my daughter's mixed, and my, my wife is, is dark. She's a person of color because she's from southern India. And so I started realizing, you know, when we would go to restaurants, or I would hear stories of my wife going to restaurants and just being treated differently. And I'm like, even though this isn't like 1860s Confederate state of Tennessee, which is the, the birthplace of the KKK, like racism still does exist. And the people of color around us, they might not face it every single day, but there are definitely, just ask somebody, right? There are, there are moments in their lives where they can come back to them and be like, yeah, you know, I was pulled over because of my race or I was treated differently here because of my, the color of my skin. And so I want us to approach this with humility and understanding and listening because this is the way that I believe Jesus would listen. It's interesting when you, if you know your Bible and you know kind of the life of Jesus and some of the most famous stories in the Bible, Jesus is so compassionate with people. He's always gravitating towards the hurt, the lost, and the broken people. But there are a few instances in the Bible where Jesus actually gets angry. He, he sort of lashes out or he uses very blunt and aggressive language. But who does he use that blunt and aggressive language with? What kind of people? The self-righteous religious leaders. Everybody else. The paralyzed man, he had compassion on. The woman at the well, he had compassion on. The woman who was sick and bleeding for years, he had compassion on. And so we need to know that the life of Jesus is gravitating with compassion towards the hurt and the lost and the broken. And anytime Jesus uses anger or he uses aggressiveness, it is always towards those who are self-righteous. And so I think the, our rule here, looking at the life of Jesus, is that we don't approach, we don't approach the, the hot topic of, of race and diversity with you know, just jumping headfirst into, into being woke and becoming you know, card-carrying members of Black Lives Matter because there are some real issues today with you know, Black Lives Matter, being anti-family, being you know, Marxist communist um, roots in their organization. And yet, we need to have the humility to say, yeah, you know what, yes, we need to recognize that, yes, black lives do matter. And people of color have been treated differently in our country, and it is real. But my goal today is not just to give you a, a, a talk on you know, racism and what we need to do, but this is actually dealt with in the Bible, specifically with a man named Peter. Now, the Apostle Peter, who was a disciple, he was one of Jesus' closest friends. He was a failure in a lot of ways, and yet God redeemed him in so many ways. He is the one that Jesus said, upon you, Peter, I will build my church. So he was blessed in a lot of ways. And yet, Peter still struggled and had these moments of even racism in his life. And we see this in Galatians chapter 2. Galatians 2, 11 through 14, the apostle Paul comes in and he confronts Peter 
because of his prejudice, because of his racism. Here's what happens in this, in this passage. It says, when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. That's very strong language. Paul opposed him to his face. Why? Because he stood condemned. And here's why he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. Now, Peter's a Jewish man, but he used to eat with the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group, the Jewish people. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy and so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile, not like a Jew. How is it then that you force the Gentiles to follow the Jewish customs? Now, on the surface of the story, you might be thinking like, where in the world is racism in this story? But here's, here's a little bit of a backstory because we only read a few verses. Here's what's happening. Peter is saved by grace through faith. He is saved by the gospel, saved by the work of Jesus. He understands the gospel. He knows that if we ever add any works to the gospel, right, it's Jesus plus nothing, it goes everything. And if we ever add to that, then we're falling astray. We're being led astray. We're no longer following Jesus. We're following something else, right? We are not saved by the good works that we do. We're not saved by our skin color, by our heritage. We're not saved by anything else. It is only because we have put our faith in Jesus. But here's what the Jewish people did. And here's what Peter did. In the Old Testament, God marked the Jewish people as his chosen people. He said, you are my chosen people. He blessed them and he called them to follow him and follow their laws and live in perfect obedience to God. Now, we're not saved like that anymore because we can't follow in perfect obedience to God. We, that's why we have Jesus. But the Jewish people, instead of finding humility in that, instead of saying, oh my goodness, we do not deserve this blessing, God. We do not deserve to be your chosen people, but we will follow you. Instead, they said, oh, we're the Jewish people, right? God specifically chose us. He made us his chosen people. And they, they treated every other ethnicity, every other group as less than. And when it came to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, they treated them and they called them dogs, they referred to them as dogs. And they even put laws into their society that says you can't go to a Gentile man's house. You can't shake a Gentile man's hand. You can't eat off his dishes. You can't eat the food that he offers you. You cannot associate with the Gentiles. They are unclean and they are not to be associated with. This is the result of being God's chosen people. They found self-righteousness. They found racism. And they found pride in the fact that God made them his chosen people. And so Peter, when he gets saved, he starts to realize, oh, I don't have to live like this anymore. I don't have to live with all these Jewish laws anymore. I don't have to try to follow in perfect obedience to all these laws anymore. I'm actually free in Christ. That is the gospel. We don't have to do all these things, just believe in Jesus. And so he starts eating pork. He starts going and hanging out with the Gentiles. He starts living free from all these Jewish laws that they had until his old Jewish buddies the old religious leaders, they came and they had dinner together. And when they had dinner together, Peter kind of reverts back into his old way of life, of treating the Gentiles differently. 
of trying to force them to follow the Jewish laws because they were so unclean, they were so dirty, they needed Jesus, and they needed all these laws because they were dirty, rotten Gentiles. And this is why Paul confronts Peter. And what Paul says when he confronts Peter is he calls Peter condemned. He says, Peter, if you're going to live like this, you are condemned. You have fallen away from Jesus. You are no longer following the gospel. In fact, you have assaulted the gospel. You have attacked the gospel. This is not Christian. This is not the way of Jesus. You have found pride in your heritage. You have found pride in your just being Jewish, and you've looked down on everybody else. You need to repent. You need to ask for forgiveness, and you need to change and follow Jesus again. And I love Paul because he's so blunt. But I think that this story, it's so fitting for so many people today. You know, obviously we are, we're in a much different state than we were, you know, 150 years ago when racism was, was a thing. You know, we don't walk around and see KKK members anymore. We aren't walking around and hearing the N-word just flippantly used everywhere. So racism looks very different today. Yet, here's what I want to encourage us to do, is to look inside our own hearts. And if there is any prejudice... If there is any prejudice in ourselves or in the people around us, we need to come to Jesus and seek forgiveness. Because what we are doing, if we have any prejudice towards other people, is we are creating a caste system. We are creating this superiority complex in our own lives that says that God loves me more because I'm white, or God loves me more because I'm this certain race. And what what Paul is confronting Peter about is this very thing. He says, God doesn't love you because you're Jewish. God doesn't love you because you're white or you're black. God loves you because you are his child. You are not saved by your heritage. You are not saved by your skin color. You are saved by faith because of the grace that God has for you. And if we add anything to that message, if we add any work or any skin color or anything to that message, we are attacking the gospel and we need to repent of that. And Paul takes this so seriously. Even, you know, he says in Galatians chapter 3, the very next chapter after confronting Peter, he thinks that this is such a serious issue that he needs to say this word or these words. He says, there is no Jew. There is no Gentile. There is no slave. There is no free. There is no male. There is no female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And what Paul is saying, he's saying God does not fellowship with us. God does not love us more if we're a Jew or a Gentile, if we're slave or we're free, if we're male or are female or we're female. Now what he's not doing is he's not trying to dissolve all of it. He's not saying, hey, there is no Jew, there is no Gentile, there is no male. Like, look around. Yes, there are males in the room. They're defined by their male qualities. There are females in the room. They're defined by their female qualities. If you're in the room right now and there's white people around you, they are white people, right? There are black people. Like, there are very specific differences. Of course there's differences. Paul isn't saying, hey, there is no more. Be a male if you want to. Be a female if you want to. Be black if you want to. Be white. It doesn't matter anymore. No, that's not what Paul's doing. He's trying to say that, hey, you're standing before God You know, you're not saved because you're male. You're not saved because you're female. You're not saved because you're black. You're not saved because you're white. You're saved by your faith in Jesus. And I think that this is important to point out because so many people today are trying to avoid the topic of talking about racism 
by saying, yeah, you know, we're all just, we're all just one race, which I, I get, right? We're all, we're all humans. We all come from Adam and Eve. And yet there's very specific differences between us all. And those differences, they shouldn't divide us. We need to celebrate and worship God because he's created us so uniquely. He's created us differently. I, I was thinking about it just the other day. What would the world look like if there was just all men? <laughs> right? It would look vastly different than it does today. But if it was just all men, not only how boring would that be, but we're missing what women bring to the table. We're missing all of the gifts and the way that women are wired so differently than men. And I think about the same thing with race. I mean, if we looked around and we saw, you know, only white people all the time. But there's nothing wrong with being white, but how much are we missing because we look around, we're just all the same. We celebrate what God called in Genesis when he created man and woman. He said, it is very good. We celebrate and we worship God because of his creation. We wouldn't look at a woman and say, be a man if you want to, right? There is no gender. We're all one gender, the human gender, right? Yes, we are all the human race, and yet there are differences in us that are to be celebrated, and we worship God because he has created us so beautifully and so uniquely. And so the bottom line of this incident, you know, with Paul and with Peter is that racism is an attack on the gospel because it adds a work to the gospel, It adds, you have to be a certain heritage or you have to be a certain color in order to have a blessing from God or even salvation from God. And that's not the gospel at all. We need to keep the gospel what it is. We are saved by faith because of what Jesus did on the cross, not because of anything else. It is Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And sometimes we try so hard to try to try to convince God that we are good or try to convince God that, you know, maybe he should love us just a little bit more, right? But here's what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. He says, "Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the, surpa- the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord." Whose sake I, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. What is Paul saying here? He's saying that we can have many good things in life. We can have many blessings. But if it came down to it, he would get rid of everything. He would trade everything that he has if it meant that he knew Jesus, that he had a saving relationship with Jesus. And I think that this is so key to point out, especially in this topic of of racism and the gospel, because Paul kind of had it all. If you know anything about Paul's life, you read the book of Acts, Paul was not always this good Christian guy. He was a very high up religious leader. He persecuted many Christians. But you might say, well, why is that good? Why did he have it all? What came with that was power and money and authority. Not only that, but he was a Roman citizen. Being a Roman citizen back in the time of Jesus, back when Paul lived, was very much like being an American citizen today. Rome was this giant empire that had all this new technology. They were kind of taking over the world in good ways and in bad ways, for sure. But if you were a Roman citizen, it meant that you had so many 
rights. You could actually speak with the emperor one-on-one. -on -one. It was your right that you could go meet with the emperor or the king at that time. Now, if you're a Jewish person or any other nationality or ethnicity or race, you did not have that right. So Paul, as a Roman citizen, he carried with him, yes, he was a Christian, but he carried with him all these rights, and he had money, he had power, and when he, when he was saved by Jesus, everything changed. But he had all of this stuff to carry with him. But what is he saying in, in Philippians 3? He's saying, honestly, I would give it all up if it meant that I had Jesus. And I think that we need to look at you know, racism in the gospel in the same way. To say, you know what? I would give up what I have. I'll be honest. I'm not going to get into a whole white privilege spiel because I think you could take that with a grain of salt, right? But let's be honest. Being a white person in America is pretty easy. Yes, we still have to work hard. Yes, we still have to do this and that, yes. But it's pretty, pretty easy. Yet are we willing to give up whatever blessings or whatever privileges or whatever, you know, anything that we have, would we be willing to give up our American citizenship if it meant that we would know Jesus? Would we be willing to give up our, our skin color and, and be a different race and go through the hardships that they have to face if it meant that we would know Jesus? Would we be willing to give up our money or our, our own self-righteousness or our power or whatever it might be if it meant that we could know Jesus? This is what Paul is saying. He's saying Jesus is so important. Knowing him, being saved by him, having prayer every day with him, being able to read his words, being able to be transformed by his power, that is everything. And so what I want to encourage us to do today is I want to encourage us to approach this topic of racism and race in America and race and the gospel with humility. And I know that not everybody here struggles with being race, with being racist, right? We talk about anger all the time. We talk about lust and greed and pride and all of these sins. And, and when we preach sermons like that, yeah, they're pretty applicable. Like for me, I struggle with pride big time. Yet I know that some of you are like, yeah, you know what, pride, you know, maybe greed is a big deal for me, but pride isn't as big of a deal, right? We all struggle on different levels with different sins. And I think that we need to have the humility today to say as a church that yes, or as a community that yes, while not everybody struggles with being racist all the time, there might be some prejudice in some of our hearts. And today, God is calling us to come to him not to join some woke movement, not to do X, Y, or Z, but to come to Jesus and repent and confess our sins and find mercy and grace and transformation that only comes from him. And here's the good news. He can save us. He can change us. The power of God can transform us. He can take away any prejudice, any self-righteousness that, that we might have. He can completely cleanse us and help us be free from anything because he is good. He is our good and gracious Savior. He is full of mercy, full of grace, and full of love for you today. Let me pray for you. God, we come before you this morning humbly as your servants. And Lord, if there is anything in our lives, God, that we need to confess and repent of, especially when it comes to racism or any sort of prejudice, whatever we might have in our hearts, say any sort of self-righteousness. God, I pray that we would look more like you and less like ourselves. I pray that we would die to ourselves because knowing you and being in a relationship with you and getting to heaven 
Lord, it is worth so much more than being white or being black or being an American or being whatever it is. God, we want to follow you and we want to know you. Lead us on your path and lead us to you. It's in your name I pray. Amen.